0: Welcome to Dare a New Belief, a place to discover what is possible for your life after the loss of a loved one, and where you will find inspiration, insight, support, and love, and hopefully a bit of laughter to help you through your day. Now, here's your host, Nada Hogan. Welcome to Dare a New Belief, where you will find light and life, love and joy, healing, faith, and hope a place where you get to believe in what is possible for your life. And today I have the great honor to be with Susie Marcoux Shefflin of the Copper Vessel, which is a Los Angeles based. She is from Los Angeles and she is a sound healer. She is a Reiki master, a Kundalini Kundalini yoga teacher, and a sobriety coach. Susie graduated with a degree in East Asian studies and religious studies from the University of Virginia. Being inspired by her own healing journey, Susie uses these modalities to help others transform their lives and find healing from within. She is vocal about her path to sobriety and her journey with alopecia. She is a speaker and a thought leader encouraging people to build healthy, happy, radiant lives through self-love. Susie leads deeply restorative Crystal Alchemy sound bath ceremonies, healing rituals, group trainings, international retreats, and workshops. She also offers a variety of virtual experiences, including a series of virtual sound baths for self-healing on ALO Moves, Oh, Susie, I am so grateful to have you here with me today. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It is such a joy to be with you, and I'm so excited to
0: chat. Oh, me too. Me too. I mean, you have a list, and there's so many things on here that you do that it's just like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So I want to start from. The beginning when I met you, because I met you when you and Geraldine Glass were teaching um, level one in the Alchemy Crystal Singing Bowls. And I took that course um, in L.A. November, I guess, of 2019. And that's Mm -hmm. when I had the great honor to meet you and get to know you a little bit. But I didn't know you well enough, but you definitely piqued my interest. And I got to do a sound bath with you, and it was so, oh, profound. It's one of those things where you don't really get to, you can't name it. It's an experience, and you just have to feel that experience. So for I would love to start with you just from the beginning on, on you. How is it? Because one of the things that you do is you are a sobriety coach, And, and that caught my attention because that I never even knew there was a such thing. And there's so many people that need your services. So, so let's, can we dive in from there, from the beginning and how, how is it that, that you became the Susie that you are right now?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Um,
1: so the way that I became the Susie that I am today, um, (laughs) the services and the teachings and the work that I get to share, um, all stemmed from my own healing journey. As a very young girl, when I was about seven years old, I started losing my hair. I experienced a condition called alopecia areata. um, And I started to get these bald spots. And it just brought me to this place at a very young age of, Feeling incredibly self-conscious, so much self-judgment, just this fear of rejection where I really had such a hard time feeling comfortable being myself. Um, Mm. In my early teens, as many teens do, I started to explore, um, you know, alcohol and recreational drugs and they became this solution for me where for so many years at that point, like I think I started experimenting when I was around 14, 12, 13, 14, around that. Um, it was like after years of my mind just being so loud and constantly wondering like, you know, am I, am I good enough? Am I going to fit in? Am I going to say the wrong thing? Am I going to do the wrong thing? I could have a drink and before long my mind would get quiet. And I would Mm. relax a little bit. And it was like this whole different side of me could come out. And so drinking alcohol became my solution until it wasn't because I would start drinking and I wasn't really able to stop. Um, Mm. On the outside, I mean, it probably looked to most people like, you know, a high schooler partying or a college girl partying. But, you know, I would have three five seven ten fifteen drinks and then I would black out I wouldn't know what I said I wouldn't know what I did I would wake up not knowing how I got home in my bed um and it became very scary so um that continued you know I went to uh as you as you mentioned in the intro I went to University of Virginia which is a wonderful incredible school and also a school that's was very much a party school and i was involved in the sorority Mm -hmm. fraternity scene and um on the outside i probably didn't look that much wilder than the -hmm. other people who were involved in that greek life it was very much the culture but it really wasn't serving me because the reason why i was reaching for you know the alcohol and the drugs whether it was pot or whatever um was to escape, escape from my mind and from all of that self loathing that I experienced. Um, that I can now look back and see really began when I was young and I started losing my hair. Yeah. So when I graduated from UVA, I moved to New York City and um, went to culinary school and, and got into this very fast paced New York City lifestyle where I very quickly mm-hmm. identified that, oh, what I'm experiencing is anxiety. You know, I was having a lot of anxiety. My mind was constantly going. So I added prescription pills to the cocktail of <laughs> things that I was mm. using to quiet my mind. And that became very dangerous very quickly. And I started to, you know, pass out in bars or taxi cabs and wake up in the hospital. Uh, and thank uh-huh. God I had no, you know, legal consequences and no physical, long lasting physical harm other than bumps and bruises and lost cell phones and damaged relationships, but I was also damaging my soul, you know, right. I became so very lost mm. and so disconnected from, from any sense of my true self that I had had when I was a little girl. Mm. So in my late twenties, um, when I was 27, um, I had been trying for at that point, three, four years to stop drinking because I knew that it wasn't working. Like my family knew it wasn't working. And, you know, it was starting to get really scary. And I had tried, I tried to stop. I went to therapy. I did outpatient treatment programs. um, I went to a couple of AA meetings, but I wasn't really into that um, at that time. And, um, you know, I just could not break free of the cycle I was really getting into a dark place and that dark place ended up looking like me at 27 years old living in New York City with a great job you know um, on the outside all the right things you know beautiful clothing wonderful friends um, all of that but on the inside just feeling so lost and so miserable and so disconnected that I no longer wanted to live
0: Uh, and
1: yeah and so there was one night where I got to that point and um, thank God I miraculously woke up the next morning and when I did wake up it was like okay Susie what are you going to do I just heard this voice in my head that was like Susie wake up and live like stop mm -hmm. choosing to move towards death and start choosing life so for the first time I really said that day I surrender mm. and I went to rehab I took time off work and I went to a 30-day inpatient treatment program um, and in that program I began to connect with a number of things that ended up completely changing my life they had music therapy I wasn't working with crystal bowls in there, but, you know, I started to listen, consciously listen to music and I started to use my voice for, for sound healing.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, I got to experience Reiki. I had a consistent meditation practice. We practiced yoga and I began a daily gratitude practice. Uh And all of that started to open up a whole new way of being for me. The gratitude I would say was one of the biggest activators because I started to, you know, not immediately, but after every day, every night we would go around and share what we were grateful for that day. After a couple of weeks of doing that, I started to see, like, my life actually wasn't that bad, you know? Mm. And it was certainly wasn't a life that, like, I would need to escape from. So I started to see that, you know, the, the healing needed to come from within and that everything in life had really been happening for me to guide me to that point, it hadn't been happening to me, and that started to open up this whole new way of life. And so, um, I didn't get fully sober after that. I got clean in that rehab experience um, from drugs and alcohol, and I came out and I smoked pot because I was convinced that, you know, it was only alcohol that was my problem. When, when... now looking back, I can see, you know, it was still that, you know inability to stop like selling, selling my soul, trading that away for, um, at that point it became to fit in. Cause I still had friends who were like, let's just do this. But a year later after a year of consistently practicing gratitude and meditation and yoga, um, a lot had opened up for me and I felt guided. I felt called to move to Los Angeles. And in the process of moving across the country, because I was at that point working in New York city, commuting into the city from Greenwich, Connecticut, living with my parents, um, trying to like rebuild my life. um, I was still experiencing a lot of anxiety. Like my solution had been taken away. Um, The drugs and alcohol were no longer there, but I was still feeling, you know, pretty anxious and sometimes having panic attacks every day. Like it was Mm -hmm. quite intense when I was moving here. And, in the process of moving, my aunt said, Susie, why don't you come with me to a sound bath? And I didn't even ask her what that was, which is so funny because now that this is what I shared for, for several years, so many people are like, what's a sound bath? Is there right. water involved? You know, I'm sure you get the same question when you're when you're trying to tell them about it. Like, right. When you get right. naked? I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. But I didn't ask any of those questions. I was just like, yeah. It was like, I knew. I knew I needed to go. And in Mm. that experience, I really felt for the first time this deep coming home to myself. Mm. And that opened up so much more. I ended up then becoming willing to get involved in a 12-step program. I ended up continuing to go to sound baths and deepening in my meditation practices, getting weekly Reiki healings until I became initiated as a Reiki practitioner and then a Reiki master. I took yoga teacher trainings and started to notice that my life was transforming in every possible way, like beyond my wildest dreams. And in a way that was also different than many of the people around me who were getting sober or who had been sober for a long time, who felt like trapped by this um, label, like I'm an alcoholic or I'm sick You know, or I have a problem, I have a disease, which at the beginning of a journey into sobriety, like, it's definitely important to have that idea of powerlessness and surrender and and working the 12 steps um, have helped me so much, so much. You know, it's laid this incredible foundation. But what I began to notice was that upon that foundation, I was able to really build something special based on a life of freedom and light and healing and love, you know, and say like, I don't have to stay sick. Like I can live a life of infinite possibilities Mm -hmm. and these are the tools that really got me there. And so Mm -hmm. I just started sharing those tools and that's, that's what I share when I work with clients who are, recovery or trying to get into recovery Um, you know I know what it's like for it to take a long time and not not to stick like it's not necessarily something that happens overnight but these subtle shifts and for me the sound you know like literally shifting out of the frequency of addiction working with the crystal bowls helped me to do that Mm. Um, and so some of this healing it really is I mean a lot of it is on an energetic level and using these different modalities to enhance um, the journey of recovery is so powerful and so profound. And I literally never could have imagined that my life would be the way it is today. Like thinking back to almost five years ago when I was, you know, in my bathtub in New York city, like making the attempt to leave this planet.
0: Wow. Wow. That was only five years ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm.
1: And like, I just have been able to find this deep sense of self-love and self-acceptance where the condition that I can identify now, like beginning all of the self-loathing alopecia, like losing my hair at, at such a young age, it's continued to remain present in my life. And being in recovery and using these tools, especially the healing sounds of crystal bowls, have helped me to find so much self-love and acceptance of that and to see that if this is the way that God wants me to be, God, the universe, love, that's how I consider it. Like, who am I to say otherwise? And so I actually, it was uh, just over a year ago that I ended up shaving my head completely and saying, I surrender. I accept this. I accept myself. It's not, it's not the hair that makes me Susie. It's not the clothing that makes me Susie. It's not the things it's, It's me it's my light it's my it's my love and my gifts that i get to share with the world and to be able to accept that has been so incredible and again something i never would have imagined possible
0: right right and especially you know as a woman i mean that's one of the things for women it's like you know we we do the hair thing you know right it's like we fix it up and we curl it and we color it and we go in and we get it cut and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. And how scary or, or even was it, maybe you were just even at that point and, and so aware and so awakened to yourself and the self love and self acceptance that when you made the decision to shave your head, was there fear for you in that moment or worry or anxiety, or was it just a knowing? I just, I just know. And that's it. I'm just called to do this and just be done with a, just be done with that both.
1: Absolutely both. Yeah. Like, it was like this inner voice telling me like, this is the next stop, you know, like, this mm. is, this is it. Like, let go Susie, like be free. Cause I, I mean, I had become a prisoner of it where first, yeah. like I had tried to hide it. I, I didn't want anyone to see I didn't want people to know. So I would wear it in a ponytail and I would spray it with hairspray. And then when it got to a certain point, I was wearing a wig and then i did start to speak out on social media and in my life about you know what it's like to wear a wig but even still it's like okay who am i who am yeah. i without hair like like you said it's such a big part of of the female identity in the society that in the society that we live in you know yeah. and the ritual of it like the styling of it and i mean i had blonde hair and i have three younger sisters and we were known as the four blonde shepherd girls so it's like am uh, i still gonna part of my family I remember my sister moved to China and when she did she uh she didn't want to stand out so much (laughs) and so she (laughs) dyed her hair brown and my mom was like that's not okay (laughs) but I'm like oh my gosh you know am I still am I still gonna be a part of my family in the same way am I lovable you know at that point I was single like am I going to be able to attract a partner who will think I'm beautiful and what became so clear and what has become even more clear and just finally landed in taking that that leap of faith is that of course I'm beautiful of course I'm lovable if not more than ever because I let myself be seen. you know Um, I'm not um, trying to hide anything or cover anything up like I know that my beauty comes from within and that's what really matters you know everyone everyone ages and we all shift and we all grow and everyone has something and whether it's you know a scar or a freckle or a bald spot or you know we all have something that we can use or that we're given as an opportunity to say like is this going to be the thing that holds me back and I like attached to as a, a thing to make me feel small or ugly or not good enough or can I say this is something that's given to me as a gift to help me recognize my true beauty
0: right so yeah. when
1: i went to shave my head i mean i was like i was I was definitely nervous. It was a really emotional day. Um, but it just felt so aligned. And as I've come to learn as a teacher and as a healer and facilitator and meditation practitioner on a very personal level, like there's always going to be that voice in your head that's saying, you know, you can't, you shouldn't, what if it's going to be there. Like that negative mind It's a part of the mind. In kundalini yoga, we say there's a negative mind, a positive mind, and a neutral mind. And the negative mind is designed to keep us safe,
0: but it's also
1: going to keep us small. And so what I've learned is to befriend that negative mind, that little inner voice that says you can't and just say, okay, I see you, I hear you, I love you, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to find the courage to, to step into what feels true for me.
0: Right. And do you, do you say that out loud then Susie to that negative mind? Do you say that out loud? Like I hear you, I love you, but you know, and I appreciate you trying to protect me, but I'm going to do this thing anyways. Or is it, do you keep that inside or is it an out, an outwardly conversation that you're having with the negative mind? Um, It
1: could, it depends on the situation. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes it is like if I have, especially like a big event or something that I'm really feeling nervous about to say like, okay, it's going to be okay, Susie. Like you've got this, you know, I love you. It's going to be okay. And then sometimes it is the internal, you know, self dialogue. And then sometimes it's writing about it. Sometimes the most powerful thing you can do is write about it. And that's Mm. something else that was so healing for me on my journey was, um, I wrote to my alopecia, I wrote to it. I wrote a letter and I said, Dear Alopecia, what are you here to teach me? You know? And I wrote about everything that it brought up and all of the pain and the heartache and the fear. And then I, I just said, I love you. You know, I see that you're my teacher. I want to receive these teachings. And the letters evolved over time to like, what are you here to teach me? To like, thank you for these teachings. Thank you for this gift. And today I really do feel like it's been my greatest teacher. It led me to every experience that I needed to go through to grow
0: into um, what I have
1: become today.
0: Yeah. Isn't that, and I I just, I think if we can understand that and the more people that, that get to hear that message and know that that thing that has been the most painful and devastating thing in their lives can literally be the thing that sets them free, that it is showing up as a teacher and it's showing up in a way that really is loving and caring and compassionate. It just may not feel like that at the beginning if you're not aware of it, but that is the Mm -hmm. thing that, that frees us. It's the thing that feels like it's holding us back or making us feel small. It literally can be the thing that, that completely frees us. Susie, I have so many questions to ask you, and I have so many paths I want to go down here, and we are going to completely (laughs) run out of time. Um, I think I need three hours with you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'm going to, I want to first, I want to ask you if you would be willing to come back and continue this conversation with me, because we are so not done. It's like we're just in the middle of it, (laughs) and all of a sudden, 30 minutes is gone.
1: (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I would love to. Oh my gosh. Thank you.
0: Oh, perfect. Yes. Because yeah, this is, um, I just, I'm enthralled in this conversation and I'm, and I'm writing notes frantically and then I find myself not writing anything and just listening and just being in it and in the moment with you. And, um, that's a testament Mm -hmm. to you and your energy. And I just, I'm, I'm so grateful for you and your time. And I want the listeners to know, Um, because you do so much beautiful work, um, between being a sound healer and a Reiki master and a Kundalini yoga teacher and a sobriety coach. And I know that you have other things that are going on. You do breath work. Um, you you do so many things and I want the listeners to be able to reach you. And the easiest way to do that, would it be to go to your website, the copper vessel? Is that correct?
1: Yes, thecoppervessel.com, or if you're on Instagram, you can find me on there. I'm the Copper thecoppervessel. Um, there's lots of information out there about all of my offerings, and I also do a lot of work, as you know, with um, other healers and teachers who are looking to tap into their gifts and then find a way to share them with the world and build a business out of it.
0: Right. Yes, absolutely. All right. Awesome. So for all of the listeners out there, whether you are a coach or already a healer and you, you want more instruction or how to get in touch with that, get, go deeper with that, Susie is phenomenal because I got had the beautiful opportunity to work with you, I think, for three days or four days in In California. Yeah, yeah, amazing, just amazing. So, all of that information to contact Susie and the work that she does and and the offerings that she has is at thecoppervessel.com and on Instagram, thecoppervessel.com. And that information will also be on the show notes. So, if you didn't get a chance to write it down, don't worry, it will all be in print and there will be links right there. And you can click it and shoot right over to um, Susie. So, um, thank you so much for, for this part. And I just can't wait to do this again and ask all of these fabulous questions and get your wisdom and, um, your insights on it. And I'm just so grateful, Susie. Thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sending you so much love and I can't wait to chat again soon.
0: Oh, thank you so much. And so much love back to you. And I can't wait either. And for all of the listeners, thank you so much for being here and be sure to come back next week. So you hear the second part of this conversation with Susie. Much love to you all have a beautiful day and a beautiful week. Bye bye for now. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please go to nadahogan.com for show notes and other information you can use right away. If you like what you heard here, please subscribe to our show. And don't forget to rate and review right there on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your shows. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. We'll see you next week.